0: Today we're going to be talking about how to improve your practice by taking one thing at a time. And hello everybody. Welcome to the Musician Toolkit. I am David Lane. This is episode two and it is great to be with you once again. Before we get into today's episode, where we're going to be talking uh, about a practice tip, I just want to tell you a little bit about Fons. Fons is uh, the sponsor of this show, and I'm just going to tell you just uh, just one thing about it, because today's episode is all about one thing at a time. Um, so one thing I love about Fons is that for all of my students and for all of my clients that I have to schedule, it's that scheduling app um i set my office hours and i can even say like um uh in fact uh, there's a friday coming up that i'm going to be out of town and i've already marked that i'm not available that day so i can't get any new students and it also automatically cancels all the lessons that i was going to have that particular day and um that that calendar is there if if a student wants to reschedule or if there is a prospect that wants to know what kind of times i have available they can go on there and they can sign up directly we don't have to have this conversation back and forth of um well what time is good for you Uh, here's what time is good for me it's all very clear right there they see what times are available and you fit their schedule or or you don't and uh, it's just a great time saver and this works Obviously for music teachers, but also for yoga teachers, martial arts instructors, any anything that involves you and a client trying to get together with a schedule. And I'll tell you more about it later. But if you'd like to try FONS, there is a link in the show notes. Please use that and uh, and go try it and see if it works for you. So let's talk about today's topic. One of the tools in the Musician Toolkit is the ability to practice efficiently. And I have quite a bit to say about it. I'm going to come on here every so often and, uh, and share basically a practice tip, something that you can do to improve your quality of practice. So one of the things that I say to my students all the time when it's a very important principle when it comes to practicing well is inevitably if you're, if you're challenging yourself, you're going to attempt to learn something that seems overwhelming. And you have, to, you have to address every obstacle in a piece of music in order to learn it completely. But you you don't have to, and you shouldn't try to do it all at once. Now that's probably obvious enough, but I want to take it a, a, one step further. You shouldn't even try to solve two things at once. You should limit to one thing at a time. Sometimes the problem is as simple as just getting from one note to a second note. And you may need to practice that slowly and speed it up. And sometimes the, the rhythm is a problem, and you wanna, you wanna get off the, your instrument and uh, practice on a table where you don't have any pitches to hear, um, and you can just focus on the rhythm. And then sometimes it's pedaling. So you, you pedal as you watch the music, imagining that you're playing without actually moving your hands. And so we're going to go over some more ways uh, than this, but, but the point is you want to take care of one problem at a time. In a really tough passage, it may mean ignoring one problem while you work on another. You'll do nothing but frustrate yourself trying to multitask. Now, once you've solved two separate problems, you can connect them as a single new problem. So I'm going to elaborate. I've come up with 20 ways, 20 examples of how you can reduce your practice challenges down to one task at a time. Now, just to be forthcoming, I am a pianist first. I've also played French horn. I play a little bit of guitar. Um, I have a little bit of a concept what other instruments go through, but um, a lot of the examples I'm going to get come from being a pianist. I've tried to imagine in some instances for some other instruments. Um, but at the end of the episode, I'm gonna tell, uh, tell you how you can share your experience with me. If you have a practice tip that you love that, in, that is in the theme of getting down to one thing at a time, one problem at a time, that is specific for your instrument, I'm gonna invite you to, to share that with me Um, And and you can do that, of course, anytime on a, a message, a written message, and I read it. But I have set it up to where you can also leave me a voice message. So stay tuned for the end of the episode of how you can do that. So here are 20 ways that you can reduce your practice challenge down to one task at a time. So number one, if it's a challenge of hands together... Practice one hand at a time slowly, until it feels comfortable. Now, I used to know a teacher that said never separate the hands, and um, I was I was very influenced by that advice for a while. Um, but that is that is in the minority. Uh, there there are, there are times you should put the hands together, but there are certainly sometimes I believe that you should separate the hands if this is if you play an instrument that involves two different hands. So that's step, num- that is number one. Number two, if it's a problem with tempo, set the metronome to 50% of your desired speed. And if it's still too fast, set it to 25% of your desired tempo. And just a general rule, increase it by 1% to 2% until you feel like you've made significant progress. And by the way, this is why, just a little general metronome tip, this is why if you are increasing the speed, you can increase it more once you get faster. So going from 50 to 53 is the same percentage increase as going from 100 to 106. So the the higher the number, the, the more you can go. And that's why if you look at an old-time metronome with the notches and the, and, the, and the tempos that are kind of pre in there, you'll notice that the lower the number, the closer they are together. And as it gets higher, it gets further apart. Um, but you keep doing that until you feel like you've made significant progress. Number three, this is just a tip for vocalists. If you have trouble putting the notes with the lyrics, separate the tasks... Sing the passage on a solfege sound, such as ah or, or oo, And likewise, go ahead and recite the lyrics in rhythm on a monotone or an otherwise undetermined pitch. Number four. To rapidly change from one chord to another, first go super slowly between the chord changes. So, the... visualize chord number two while you're holding the position of chord number one and then just as quickly as you can go to chord number two and then reverse that come back to chord number one and and as soon as you can what you really want to do is hold on to one chord while you completely visualize imagine the feel imagine the way it looks when you're going to chord number two and just hold on to chord number one, just freeze, don't move, and then move quickly to chord number two. And then once you can do that, you should quick you, you should quickly pop from one to the other. But the next step is to bump the first chord on the way to the second so you can get the real-time up-to-tempo effect of playing the two chords quickly. I'll give you just an example on my piano here. Okay, let's say that you're trying to go from, here's chord number one. And you're just trying to go to chord number two. So chord number one. And you just you know just wanna take the time to think about how that feels and then find chord number two and then practice quickly jumping back to chord number 1 don't ease from one to the other and then quickly go to chord number 2 now what you want to do is talking about the bump you freeze you think about it you're ready to go when you're ready to go restrike the first chord and if you're coming if you're having to do that in reverse Eventually, you've got the quickly, you've got the quick two chords in a row. So that was number four. You're, what you're doing is you're, you're simulating the real-time up-to-tempo effect of going from one chord to another. Now, I demonstrated that on the piano. That obviously works really well on guitar, and it works well on harp, any, any type of instrument where you're using, where you've got a chord involved. And you're trying to go from one to the other. Number five, brass players go through the fingerings or the slide positions without using your mouthpiece. Um, likewise, you can take the mouthpiece off of your horn and kind of buzz your approximate way through the pa- through the passage, not worrying about the exact notes that you're getting, and obviously not worrying about the fingering or the slide positions. Number six. Um, this is for instrumentalists of all type use your voice and sing through the troublesome passage even really slowly. So obviously if you're a vocalist, you know this makes a lot of sense, but if you are if you're not a vocalist, um, still singing through a passage can sometimes give you a, f- a fresh perspective on what it is that you're trying to learn. Still talking about what is what are ways that you can do one, thing at a time number seven put the instrument down and pretend you're playing so guitarists this is you where you practice your air guitar pianists and keyboardists just mime the playing go to a table go to a desk um if you're you know if you're a woodwind player or a brass player just hold pretend you're holding your instrument in your hands you're thinking about what you're doing but you're not having to deal with the feedback that your ear is receiving when you are actually doing it. It allows you to focus simply on thinking about the problem, not having to worry about judging the feedback from what you're, from what you're getting while you're, while you're actually playing it. Number eight, pianists. Leave out the pedal until you can play the music well with just the hands. Be sure to play it with the exact same articulation you would use if the pedal was added. In other words, don't try to compensate for the lack of a pedal effect by playing more legato or too legato. Um, If you're playing a detached way with your hands and and you're counting on the pedal to make it smooth, then it's going to sound detached without the pedal. That's the way you should practice it. Number nine. Every single time you add an element, so when you go from hands separate to hands together, when you're going from the table or the air guitar to your actual instrument, when you're adding a measure to your practice section, either before or after, every single time you add an element, slow down. It's not a bad idea to assume that you should slow down by half so if you're practicing measure one at 100 you got measure two to 100 go ahead and put them together at 50 or 60 somewhere around then um and it's just not a bad idea to assume that you should go ahead and cut it by half now remember that practice is not as simple as one plus one equals two just because you've improved two connected problems separately doesn't mean that they will just snap together. So putting two previous problems together is a new problem on its own, and you need to treat it as such. Number 10, one measure at a time, but in reverse. Let's say that you're working on measures one through eight of whatever piece you're working on. Well, first practice just measure eight over and over until you've made noticeable progress then practice starting at measure seven and go through measure eight and then practice at measure six and go through measure eight and then measure five start there and go through measure eight you keep working your way backwards until you've started at measure one and I just like to I just love what's happening here If a lot of people when they're new to practicing they just always start at the beginning of a section and you know the problem with that is that you're you're getting better at measure one than you're getting at measure eight because you keep starting at measure one you don't always make it to measure eight if you take the systematic approach i just said and let's just say that you play each kind of round of that practice five times well By the time you've played measure one five times, you've played measure two ten times. You've played measure three fifteen times. You've you've played measure four twenty times. And, um, you know, just doing the math, you get to measure eight, you've played it forty times. What's happening is, is you're actually getting better as you go. You're getting that forward momentum because you started really at the end and you worked your way backwards. So, think about that. It, practice one measure at a time, but don't always start on the first measure of the section. Start on the last measure of the section. Number 11, for, for fast passages, practice with an exaggerated long, short, or a slow, fast rhythm. In other words, play the first note, hold the first note down while you visualize what you need to do for the next two notes and then play the second note quickly and land on the third note. So it's basically long. You're thinking about it. Short long. Think about it. Short long. And you keep that going. You repeat that process to get past the fourth note into the fifth note. So um, let's say you have you know seven notes. You know that you're trying to work on you, you. It would sound like one, two, three, four, five six, seven, and then, then reverse that emphasis by starting quickly with the first note landing on the second note and you wait while you think about what you're going to be doing for the third note. So that goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and so on. Then the next thing you want to do is take two short notes after each long one so that would be like one two three four five six seven and then do three notes that are short after each long one so one two three four five you keep progressing until you're going from beat one of the measure through beat one of the following measure and you can keep doing that you can try to do two measures at a time But what you're doing is you're playing instantaneously up to tempo one note at a time, or two notes at a time, or three notes at a time. And it's just, I think it's a lot more fun and a lot more effective than just slowly, steadily increasing the metronome tempo. Number 12, ignore all dynamics until it's time to focus on them. Number 13. Ignore all articulation, such as staccato, slurs, and accents, until it's it's time to focus on them. Number fourteen, find an exercise or an etude that is relevant to the passage you're trying to improve, or create your own, and just work on that for a while. Number fifteen, for memorization problems, start with a single note or a chord while you look at the sheet music, and then play or sing it while you look away. Now do this with music and without for two notes, and then for a whole measure, then two measures, and then four measures until you have a full passage without needing to look at the sheet music. Number 16, if you're a beginner, or if you're still struggling to to learn to read the notes from the staff, Recite each note on the staff as slow as you need, saying each letter aloud. And then do that while you're playing it or while you're singing it. Just make it something that you do out loud until you get to where, at least for that particular piece, you know the notes so well that you don't need to say them. Number 17, for dynamics and articulation. Briefly but intentionally try doing the opposite of what it says. So players sing staccatos as legatos and play the legatos as staccatos or sing them as well. If it says to play forte, try playing piano, try playing soft, make the loud signs soft, make the soft signs loud. Now don't do this for, for very long and, and end up creating a bad habit. But I think it helps you give better control when you can do the opposite of what it says. At least for a moment. Number 18. When it comes to making mistakes in your practice and correcting them, remember the 1 to 5 rule. That means that for each one mistake, you rehearse the passage carefully until you can do it 5 times in a row correctly take this seriously if you play it four times in a row correctly and then make a mistake the count starts over so that's the one to five rule one mistake correct it five times in a row you'll probably erase the tendency to do that mistake so number 19 beware of what i call the almost mistakes (laughs) this is when you find yourself with a wrong fingering or you're about to play a wrong note, like you're playing and then you, you catch yourself and, and you fix it. You, you, didn't, you didn't play the wrong note, you didn't make the mistake, but you were so close. It's like that finger was just not in the right spot. Well, the, the almost mistakes nearly always become fully realized mistakes in a performance situation. That thing that you almost kept doing and you were able to catch yourself in practice when you're a little nervous, when you're in a performance mode, those almost mistakes, you lose your filter and they happen. So you have to address what's causing you to almost make the mistake. So for example, with pianos, it could be a finger angle or a wrist movement. You just want to see what is causing you to nearly play the wrong note and get to where you're not facing that temptation. you're playing the passage not only well, but you're playing it without feeling like you're about to make a mistake. So for for brass and um, woodwind players, it could be a fingering combination that you developed a bad habit of wanting to do. So again think about it. How is it unique for your instrument? How can you address the issues that are not only coming up incorrectly but that you're almost making? And number 20, my 20th tip for how to reduce your practice down to one problem at a time, is always stop when you've had enough. Pushing through frustration or exhaustion is never the answer. At the very least, take a break and uh, or see if you can reduce what you're practicing even further. Again bring it down to that one problem so again how do you practice just one thing at a time in a way that is effective i'd like to give you some ways to to respond to me so the way i would prefer is um if you'll find this link in the show notes but uh, the website is speakpipe that's s-p-e-a-k-p-i-p-e dot com speakpipe slash musician toolkit if you go there uh you know w- with a device that has a microphone like your phone you can leave a voice message and uh i would just ask that you know at least leave your first name you can leave more if you're comfortable and uh tell me what your advice is i can't i can't guarantee that i'll put every message on the show but i will listen to each one and if i think that it's something that will be helpful to all of you's listeners i will i'll include it on a future episode so my question for you this week is what is a way that you reduce your practice down to one problem at a time and uh, and make sure you tell us what instrument you play and if you'd like, if you're comfortable, tell us a little bit about yourself as a musician or a teacher, like where you're located. And, uh, and if, you have a, if you have a website or anything, um, again, I'll, I'll filter all of that before I post it. But I, I at least in, invite you to include it. And if you just want to just give your first name, that's fine. But please, uh, I, I, would, I would love to have your voice on these future episodes and, uh, if you don't, if you don't feel like speaking, you just want to leave me a regular comment. Well, you can go to davidlanemusic.com slash contact, or you can comment on through, through these posts on social media. Uh, I believe you can also comment on this post, on the main podcast page, which is musiciantoolkit.podbean.com. So we've just about reached the end of this episode. And I'll be back with you next Monday. Uh, just a reminder, a uh, f- few things. It's great if you could go ahead and leave a review and uh, make sure that you're following on, on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, any rating or review that you can leave us. Now, I will ask, you know, um, I'm not looking for just any rating. Uh, if, if you're not comfortable leaving five stars, I, I, I might ask you, you know, please just give me a message. If you have some other kind of comment, uh, at least until we've built up several ratings that it can overcome a, a negative one. Um, this is just a way that helps helps this podcast get discovered by others. Another way that it helps, it helps us get discovered is if you'll share this episode with at least one person that could get something out of it. And And finally, uh, just want to remind you, if you go to uh, the podcast main page at musiciantoolkit.podbean.com, scroll to the bottom, you'll not only see the SpeakPipe link that I mentioned for voice message, but you'll also see where you can click and donate any amount, either as a one-time fee or as a monthly fee. Um, the there are operating expenses with the podcast, so any amount that you can give is we are very grateful for. Finally, you can follow both me and the Musician Toolkit podcast on Facebook at David M Lane Music, on Instagram and TikTok at David Lane Music, and on YouTube if you wish to just watch this podcast and um, also. You know, occasionally uh, some of my own music I I post on there. That's at uh, on YouTube at David Lane Music One, one word. David Lane Music One. Again, thank you so much for listening. This was episode two. I will see you next week. Be back with you for episode number three.